Hey friends, you are listening to How to Live the Podcast, where we are just figuring out this thingy called life. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Hello, I'm here too. You sure are. Can I tell you what is the most underrated food in this world? What? Olive bread. Olive bread is really special. It's just delicious. Oh my gosh. So our favorite olive bread is from Tivoli Road in Melbourne and it is just outstanding. Like whoever thought to put olives in bread is so clever and I don't know why they don't put more things in bread. I feel like you are really onto something. Like why don't they put chunks of pumpkin in bread? That would also be yum. I I feel like I've heard of pumpkin bread but maybe that's more like bread made out of pumpkin not chunky yeah like I want chunks of yummy stuff in bread like in my bread like when people put chocolate in bread I love chocolate bread yeah or sun-dried tomatoes in bread yeah um pickle bread I feel like is weird true vegan cheese bread vegan cheese bread would be out of control whoever is listening and can make this happen please put more stuff in bread and tell us about it and we will buy it and eat your bread Please and thank you. Thanks. Can I tell you what else is underrated, which Elliot and I were discussing last night? Yeah. Miss Chu. Miss Chu Vietnamese? Yeah. Not a fan. Oh my God. What? It's so underrated. I feel like everybody loves it and I just don't love it that much. I go through stages of getting takeaway from there often, but then I'll go like six months without ordering. And I'm in one of those stages right now where I have it maybe once a week. And every time I get it, Smells and I have like a solid seven minute conversation about how yum it is and how it's so underrated and no one thinks that it's yum anymore, but it so is. Mm, I'm more of a Hanoi Hannah kind of gal. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Agree to disagree. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Nah. Nah. So we thought today we could have a little bit of a conversation around building your social media for your brand. When people find out we have a bit of a following, they often say to us, oh my God, you have to tell me all your secrets. How do you build your brand's social media? And I often say to them, oh, we built How to Live Forever Ago. We are no longer relevant on that platform. But I feel like where we do a really awesome job To be fair, we post on stories on how to live. We're just not such fans of the feed and we have really complicated relationship with personally posting on Instagram. But I feel like through tubes, we do a pretty good job. We know a thing or two. We've been building a really strong community there, particularly since our environmentally focused relaunch in October. So we thought today we could have a little chat to you about some tips and tricks on that social media thing. So let us get into today's chat. So I actually had a flashback when you were talking just now, I feel like the last time we all, being me, you and listener, checked in about Instagram, we were at a bit of a stale place with Instagram, not only on how to live, like we still pretty much are in a stale place with how to live on Instagram, but also with Tubes. So just for some context, we launched the Tubes Instagram when we launched Tubes back in 2016. And for a very long time, it was just your run-of-the-mill Instagram, would you say? Yeah, I think we made that classic mistake that most people make when it comes to social media and particularly to Instagram 
is that rather than being ahead of the curve, than creating the trends, than being innovative, we were doing what everybody else was doing. And I think it's a really tempting thing because you see so much of the same stuff on Instagram, particularly with TikTok and with Reels. It's all about doing the same thing. You see that other people's things has thousands of likes and comments and views on them. And then you naturally think, well, if I do that, I too will have that many likes and comments. Mm, Yeah, totally. And we would repost a lot of other people's stuff and tag them and see that doing well for other people and wonder why that wasn't doing well for us. Or we'd go to the same cafes that people were going to or we'd do the same style of things that people were doing. Like for a little while on tubes, it was trendy to have a rainbow feed. So you'd post the same color for a while and then you post a different color. And oh my God, that sucked. Hey, that sucked. It was terrible. And the reason that it was terrible was because people had already seen it and people had already done it and people were already over it and people were already following the accounts that were doing it and liking them. And you don't need more of the same stuff. And I would say that's the number one reason people struggle to stand out on Instagram. Yeah. So just like everybody else, we were really struggling to stand out on Instagram as well. So we grew a bit in the beginning and then got to this place where things became really stale and our following just fell super flat. And then we didn't grow for like Would you say two years? Yeah, because the thing is on Instagram that when you have quite a lot of followers, you lose followers at the same time as gaining them just inevitably because if you have thousands of people on your page, every time you post people like, "Mm, I'm not into this anymore and they unfollow. So we were gaining and we were losing. So it was, yeah, a couple of years there where we really weren't growing. And the problem with the Instagram algorithm is if you're not growing or your community's not super engaged, then it becomes really hard to build back engagement and it stops showing your posts to so many people. And then it's just a little bit of a slippery slope. And I've chatted to so many people who can relate to this, who started an Instagram, whether it be for their brand or for a brand that they work with, or even just for their side hustle, where they grow a little bit in the beginning and then they just get to a place where they're like, I don't even know. Or even in the beginning, they're not growing at all. And I remember so many times, Steph and I just being like, oh, Instagram's just too hard to grow on. It doesn't work anymore. Instagram's not the platform it used to be. Ooh, onion bread. (laughs) Onion bread. (laughs) That exists, but like I just thought of it and it's yum. Yeah, no yum. With some like capers through it as well. Delicious. Yum. (laughs) Onion caper bread. So Steph and I were very much like Instagram's too hard to grow. It's not possible anymore on this platform. It isn't what it used to be where you could just grow 2,000 followers overnight. It's too hard now. We're kind of giving up. We're checking out. We didn't think it was going to happen for us anymore. We didn't think that Tubes had a chance at growth. And I think the thing here was we were really disillusioned with Instagram at the same time and we were feeling really conflicted about what it was doing to our mental health, what it was doing to other people's mental health, We were feeling really uninspired by the app. So anything that we were going to be posting was going to be adding to that, we felt. And that was something that we really weren't down with. We really didn't want to put more crap out there. And the turning point came 
with the realization that actually, if we do put content out there that we feel really good about, we didn't know it at the time, but that was actually the secret key to unlock the growth. Mm. So it was about September last year. We were preparing for our October relaunch. We do things very last minute in case you don't know by now. We're very haphazard about our approach to things. And I think it can be a bad thing, but I think mostly it's a good thing because we don't worry too much about the planning and we love to just dive into things and we're very agile in that way. And Jess and I sat down and we were like, okay, I'd redone our branding and our messaging. And just for context, I think this was like 72 hours before launch or something like that. It was very close to our launch. Oh, okay. So maybe it was in October already. I remember I was living with our mom through lockdown and just sitting in front of the biggest to-do list ever in the lead up to our launch. And you called me and you were like, shit, what the hell are we going to do with our Instagram? And it was like something (laughs) that we hadn't thought of. Okay. So there we were. And all it really took to come up with our concept was Jess and I put our heads together, metaphorically, because we were in different states. And the approach that we decided to take that I've never really heard anyone talk about before, but it was the approach that we take to everything. It was, okay, if we had never seen this platform before, if we had never been on Instagram before, if we were going on Instagram for the first time, what would we want to get out of it? What would we want a tubes page to look like if we are a person going onto the tubes page rather than thinking what, can we post, I think rather than thinking from the brand perspective, which we fall prey to so often as a brand, as a business, you look at things from your perspective. But something that really helped me in redoing our branding and our messaging for this relaunch as a whole was really getting into the mind of the customer. And I've talked about this a little bit before, how I ended up inventing a brand called Swerb and I pretended like I'd never heard of it before, which I hadn't. And I was able to get into the mind of kind of beginner's mind where I was like, I've never seen this before. What is this? What do I want from it? What's going to draw me in? I could really design something that the customer would be receptive to rather than as the brand who just wants to tell the customer everything. And so in that same way, we got into the mind of the consumer of the person who was going to be on Instagram and be like, okay, rather than giving them the same old stuff that they're seeing everywhere, what's really going to guarantee that they get drawn into our feed, that they're going to be engaged with what we're posting, that they're going to actually, that we're going to be adding value to them that's going to make them want to click follow and follow our posts. Mm, And that word adding value, that term, I remember us saying that to Bianca a lot in the beginning. So Bianca is in charge of all of our social media. She is the incredible brains behind so much of what you see on that platform today. And at the time we were like, we want every single post to be adding value. And if it's not adding value, we don't want it to be posted. Remember back in the day when people used to say, if you want to grow on Instagram, you've got to post three times a day with stories being snacks in the middle, like breakfast, lunch and dinner vibes. This was kind of the opposite approach to that. We were like, less is more. At that point, we didn't even really believe we were going to grow. So it wasn't from the perspective of this is going to get us growth. It was more a perspective of this is what our brand for our Instagram should be. We want to have integrity and we want to be proud of what we're creating. So we should only be posting 
every two days if we only have something important to say every two days. It doesn't have to be every minute of the day, but we want it to really hit home. And every single person who looks at this photo, who reads this caption, gains something from it, feels the need to either click share or think a little bit about it, or it will sit with them or they'll come back to it later. Something needs to happen that it's not just a scroll past, I don't care today. Yeah. And I think that this thoughtful approach to creation, whether it's creation of content or creation of product, is really the approach of the future as we see it. So just like we're not going to go out and create shoes that we're just like, oh yeah, these could be good, let's sell them, which we used to do and it didn't work. We are now creating shoes really carefully, really thoughtfully and creating things that people are going to love And that is one of the secrets to our success. We don't love the word success on this podcast, but for lack of a better word, we are really careful about what we create because I think you see the success stories out there that are the one in a million where they didn't put much thought into it, where it's just like a teeth whitening thing and they slap some good branding on it and it worked. But that's a gamble and that's probably not going to work for 99 out of 100 people or 99 whatever out of a million. So we thoughtfully create product and we thoughtfully create posts. And I think that I disagree with you that How to Live's Instagram is stale because I actually think we found a really nice sweet spot where we do only post when we have something to say on the feed. And I've noticed that our engagement is super high on everything we post. We get like 100 or so comments. And we used to post often on how to live and be like, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? And it was because we'd post so often that we didn't actually have anything to say. We were just posting for the sake of it. And I think that's the problem with so many people's Instagram is they're just posting because they saw that talk that we saw, those millions of talks that tell you to post all the time. And I think that no longer applies. And it's much more about thoughtful creation Mm, so true happy to be challenged on that that's okay do agree yeah I, I absolutely agree with you I also think something that we did that was quite clever with tubes is that we started to be really thought provoking with our content so in the past especially as a brand but really just as people we've been afraid to offend people or challenge people or even offside people so that meant that our opinions had to be really vanilla because you can't really be opinionated and not offside someone who has an opposing opinion to you yeah so it would be a lot of photos of Girls having fun and drinking Slurpees and cute animals. And donuts. Not really things that you could feel either way with. But that was part of the problem that because you couldn't hate it, you also couldn't love it. And so people just felt vanilla about our vanilla content. And it wasn't until we started to make it rainbow in the sense that it was juicy and delicious not in the sense that it was aesthetically rainbow like that failed attempt that Steph mentioned earlier 
that we really started to get people thinking and talking and loving and some hating. Not going to lie. There are some people that don't like what we do on tubes. Actually, yesterday, someone wrote to us being like, can you guys start a separate account for where you share all your values and just have this be your footwear account, which made us laugh a lot. (laughs) And we know that what we're doing on tubes isn't for everybody. And that's okay because we don't need to be for everybody. But what we're doing is creating a community of people who enjoy what we enjoy or believe in what we believe in. And isn't that what we're all trying to do with these Instagram communities that we're creating in the first place? Yeah, and we feel really strong in our conviction that we don't feel bad that that person wrote that to us. Where once upon a time, we would have been like, oh no, we're off-siding people. I think the point is not to be divisive. We're not posting things to be divisive. We're posting things that we really are passionate about, that we really care about, like things we've spoken about on this podcast, like conscious consumerism, because for us, when we were creating a footwear brand that was going to be environmentally focused, it felt irresponsible to push ourselves as environmentally focused without also educating people on the most sustainable practice being that you can stop buying things but also being aware that people will keep buying things, then we have this awesome option that's way better if you want to. So when we've been posting a lot about conscious consumerism, about warning people that they shouldn't just go and buy things without really considering their purchases, while some people find that annoying, we think it's really important. And a lot of people have been giving us feedback that it's shifted the way that they're buying. And honestly, makes us all want to cry that we can really be having an impact on the way people are purchasing, not just from us, but also on the way that they're purchasing from other brands. And it feels so freaking good for us. And we finally found a way to use social media in a way that genuinely feels good. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that we feel good about it, that we're passionate about what we're posting and that we're seeing these really high engagement and growth levels. Mm, And I really encourage you actually to go have a scroll through tubes and go back to pre-October 2020 and see what the type of stuff that we were posting prior and the tone of captions and watch it shift and watch the engagement go up because it's actually a really interesting transition and case study for other brands or other people who are just feeling quite mediocre about their accounts to be like, no, actually, don't be a naysayer like how we were. It actually is possible to jumpstart your account again. You just need to be going about it in a really different way. Another thing that we've done that's been really led by Bianca, that's been really brilliant. And this was actually inspired by Flex Mummy on Instagram. And What Flex does so well is she knows how to create conversation. And that was something that Bianca is a massive fan of hers and was watching her do this and really started to use this to create conversations on tubes where we'll post stories and it's really encouraging people to think about what they care about, people to give their opinions. It might be a series of stories around veganism, just saying to people, hey, are you vegan? Are you interested in going vegan? If you're not, what made you go vegan if you are? All of these kinds of things. And we'll have people answer yes, no questions. And then we'll have people responding to conversation boxes. And we are having hundreds of responses to these conversation boxes. And what we're able to do through this is A, 
We're gathering amazing data and insight and knowledge on our community, on where they're at, on what they want, on what they care about, which has been really, really incredible to use it as a tool for that. But also, I think it was Bianca who came to us with the realization that people want to give their opinion. People love to be able to have a place to share their opinion. Why do you think we have this podcast? (laughs) Exactly. And so if you can give people an opportunity to share their opinion, that's a real key to getting people engaged. And we think if you can get people to share their opinion and use it to stir up really important conversations, then even better. Mm, Yeah, I love our conversations, even though I'm part of the brand. Steph and Bianca are the ones who work more on the day-to-day social media stuff. So I'm not super across it. And just as a consumer, when I click into the Tube's Instagram to see what they posted on stories and I see a conversation starting, I feel so exhilarated. I love sharing my opinion, evidently, mm. and I want to get involved as well. And I just find it so fun. Mm, I think it's such an underutilized way to use social media that I think we're going to see more and more people use. And it can be applied to so many different things. Like while we are a footwear brand, we have worked out what we care about that we care about the environment, that we care about animals. And we're using this as a platform to create conversation and to engage people and giving other people a platform to share what they care about with us through a shoe brand. And it doesn't even have to be as serious as ours is if that doesn't feel authentic to your brand. Just as we're chatting, I'm remembering that through COVID, I knew someone who just for fun would post stories and it was kind of this or that. And it was very much like M&Ms or Kit Kat. Mars bar or Tomblerun, that kind of vibe. And it was like fun and funny, but I still wanted to get involved just as much as I do in the tubes conversations. Oh my God. And there's also this account on Instagram, siblings or dating that we both love. And it's pictures of people who look really alike and you have to guess if they're siblings or they're dating. And people just love to give their opinion. People love to be engaged with it. And I think that If you look at that with a brand lens and you can use a bit of inspo from these kind of things, think about how this can apply to your brand or whether it's a personal brand, whether it's a product brand, whatever it is, think about how you can apply it to what you do in an innovative way that is different rather than just going out and copying something that's already there. Mm. And think about those questions that we talked about. Look at your page, look at what you do and think, what is my ideal customer or follower coming to my page? What is going to make them stop in their tracks and be like, whoa, this page is for me. I think it's important that you do tie it back to your product or service. So if it was really disjointed, then it's not necessarily going to convert into customers for you. So for us, when we used to post a lot of influencer photos or people looking like they were doing influencer poses because that's what a lot of people were posting we realized there was a lack of shoes on the feed and even though you could see their shoes it was from far away and we realized no we actually have to be posting up close photos of shoes so that when people go to the feed they know it's at least a shoe brand so make sure you weave your product or service throughout it make sure it's relevant to that but also don't be afraid to go outside of that and share something that's about your interests or about your values or about your passions and incorporate it all in. 
And I would say that these kinds of things and that the captions and that the thought-provoking elements are much more important than the level of professionalism in your content. So if you're feeling like you don't have money to invest in photo shoots or anything like that that other people do on this platform, that's how we feel as well. With Tubes, we shoot a campaign, but then Steph and Bianca last week went to the Botanic Gardens with a bunch of our shoes and they just shot them on an iPhone. So there isn't really an excuse to be like, oh, well, another brand can do that because they have budget to put towards it, but I don't. Literally, the things that we're talking about aren't budget related. They're just shifts in the way that we were approaching Instagram that has resulted in all these great things. Mm, I think that's such a good point that it really can be done on a budget. And I think people can feel really overwhelmed with I need to be doing all this content. I don't have time for that. If you don't have time for it and if it's going to overwhelm you, don't do it. Do it in a way that is going to be fine for you. So we don't have anyone in our team who loves producing content and just wants to do that all day. So this was something Bianca and I literally squeezed in 15 minutes at the Botanic Gardens before a meeting. So we took some shoes, we quickly changed them a bunch of times. So no, there weren't other outfits involved. And if we had overcomplicated it, we might not have actually ended up getting it done. And I know that's been our barrier to entry in the past. And I know I have a lot of friends who just feel overwhelmed by the amount they need to do. But like we said, if you're going to post something that really means a lot to you once a week, that's going to be better than just trying to churn stuff out all day, every day. Mm, Less is so much more. It is, which I never thought I would see from Instagram, but I'm so happy that I am. And I don't know if it goes without saying, maybe it does, but I'll just name it. That idea of behind the scenes messiness still just goes such a long way. So in the past when we used to want it all to be absolutely perfect and not really be super honest about how we were feeling or even what was going on now, it's just the ultimate place to share your feelings. This week, Bianca posted about how our sales have been really slow on tubes because we're a sandal brand and it's freaking freezing down here. And those sorts of things I feel like have created so much trust and connection with our community. Like they can really believe what we're saying to them because what we're saying to them isn't always good. The second all you're saying to somebody is like, oh, my thoughts smell like roses, they're not going to believe anything that you say and they can really see through that shit in a minute. But once you start to be honest and get dirty about it and just be totally raw and real, like for example, I can tell you right now that we're in development with a sneaker and it's really not going well and we wanted to launch it for summer, but now it's looking like it's going to have to be pushed back to winter 2022. Those are the types of things that make somebody trust you, you know, how did me sharing that with you make you feel? Reflect on that for a moment compared to if I come out with this sneaker in July 2022 and you not knowing about it in advance, you wouldn't feel any sort of way. Whereas now, next time when you see it, next year that is, in July, you're going to be like, oh, that's so nice for them. They actually did it. That was the thing that they said they were struggling with on that podcast episode I listened to. That's a really nice feeling. That's a really nice connection point that you can make with people, even if it's just one person. 
Yeah, I think bring them along for the journey and be raw and real about it. That's such an important point. And it's interesting because if you're sitting here listening to this, you might be thinking, wow, they haven't really talked about reels yet. Why haven't they addressed reels and TikTok? And I think a lot of what you see, not that I read this stuff anymore, but when I do hear from social media experts or when I even do watch reels and I end up getting a reels expert coming up on my feed, (laughs) I feel like they talk a lot about if you're not growing, it's because you're not doing reels and you need to be doing reels. And when TikTok and reels both came out, we had a little surge of, oh no, we have to be on this. Just like when social media came out, we were like, we have to be on every single platform. And the thing is, If Reels works for you, then do Reels, then awesome. And I think if you can do it well, then yes, it is an amazing place to grow. Our friend Sada Simone, the way Sar has grown on TikTok and now Instagram as a result is unbelievable. But I think if it doesn't work for you, which it really didn't for us because it's very time consuming, Maybe you can find a way to make it not time consuming, but make sure what you're doing isn't draining your energy because I think that's counterproductive. And while, yeah, we would love to have thousands more followers, you need to also value your own energy as a currency in that. And more energy for us is worth way, way more than any amount of more followers we would be getting. And I think... It's important to remember that growth for the sake of growth is unnecessary. And this is applies to everything in our lives. We want more, more is more, but more is not more. And grow to a point where your business is thriving, where it's sustainable for you, but don't grow for the sake of growing. And I can tell you, we haven't made any of these changes to our Instagram with a plan to grow. It's been with a plan to get more engagement and to stir up important conversations and with that has come growth and that's awesome but I think if you set out to grow and that's at the expense of quality you're not going to grow and if it's at the expense of yourself and your own well-being it's not sustainable. Mm. We used to try to grow for the sake of growth all the time and and it, how many followers did we get from that again um negative 100 million yeah <laughs> we lost followers like crazy we can tell you that it wasn't until we started to apply some of this stuff that we really saw a complete shift in the way people were receiving what we're doing there are some more little engagement tips that we've picked up along the way you know getting people to engage on the post with a question So definitely encourage you to go check out Tubes. This isn't a plug, but it is a plug because we're always happy for people to go check out Tubes, but really do think there are some awesome learnings there. And I think if you are looking for some inspo, definitely go and check out that account and see the way that we structure captions and the way that we are stirring up conversation. Hmm. That feels like a nice place to leave it. It sure does. I think we've given you enough info to digest for one episode. So please come and play with us on our Facebook group. We're going to have a fun time over there with this one, How to Live the Podcast. And our Instagram is, of course, at How to Live the Podcast. We hope you have an incredible week. Sending you a lot of love and olive bread. (laughs) Bye. Bye.